Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. How you sell matters. What your process is matters. But how your customers feel when they engage with you matters more. And that's a quote by Tiffany Bova, B-O-V-A. So hello, 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 everyone. I'm sitting in my office. It's a little bit chilly and it's a Sunday afternoon and I pulled myself away from too much Facebook time uh, because I have some things on my mind and I thought I'd just go ahead and record. And you may wonder how is it chilly in San Diego, but I don't have the best of heat because we don't need it that much. So I know, boohoo, poor me. <laughs> Anywho, um, today I just thought I would share about the topic of using the telephone and the, for me, the absolute critical importance of the phone. If I only had two pieces of equipment, it would be a camera, of course, and then I would need a way to download and get things to my clients. But the second one would be the telephone. It is my most valuable asset in my business. And I would like to encourage anyone who is trying to create a luxury, highly profitable business without using the telephone as um, the relationship builder, as a way to handle if there's ever um, some challenges or problems or people have questions. I just like you to really think about how the phone can be your best friend. And then um, within this conversation, I also want to share with you when and how I talk about money. Just quick overview. Uh, if you've been listening to my show, you know that the core of my teaching on how to have really successful sales using the in-person method starts with and continues on with cultivating what I call the trusted advisor relationship. So what does the trusted advisor relationship mean when I say that? So when we build trust that we know what we're talking about and we build a relationship with the potential client, with the lead, where they like us and they feel like they've been listened to and that we care about them, then everything is so much smoother and does not come across with what is the dreaded feeling of being too salesy. I don't know about you, but that seems to be one of the most dreaded concerns or reasons people think they're not a good salesperson or they don't want to sell. Basically want to take photographs and have somebody give them money for it. And that's it. I think that is why the shoot and share photographer is so common because it eliminates that need for interaction in a way that encourages people to directly buy from you after the session is that the first thing you have to do at that 
level usually is to charge a pretty low price for an awful lot of work and get somebody to say yes. They give you the money, they do the session, and you hand off the results and you don't have to learn how to um, interact in a way that will get them to purchase. And so I understand that. Selling is not always seen as a, a positive, at least the word. So when I change it to the trusted advisor, then it takes on a different flavor. And when I think about any major purchase and even minor purchases, when there's been someone there who is like, push, push, pushing and try this and can I help you or you know, take my brochure or something, it, you know, repels me. And when someone seems genuinely interested in me, friendly, friendly smile, ask me questions, uh, and then seem very knowledgeable about uh, their product, I'm more apt to not only buy from them, but refer them and come back to them. So to me, the first step, once somehow someone is attracted to me through the activities that I've done with marketing. And as you know, commonly people like to say, get your name out there. You know, whatever it took to get somebody to send me an email or some other, you know, source of inquiry, that first step for me is to get on the phone because that is how I start to build that trusted advisor relationship. Now, if somebody emails me and says, hey, what are your prices? Or, you know, I'm interested. Can you tell me more about how you work? Or so-and-so referred me. The first thing I do is send a really friendly and personalized email back. So excited to hear from you. Oh my gosh, you have two kids under five. That can be so fun to photograph and imagine uh, fun and challenging as a mom. And then I say, our first step is to have a quick chat. I like to use that word, quick chat. So I can learn more about you, share a little about how I work, and then we can talk about what you might expect to invest. So here's my number, please send yours. And so I can get back to you as soon as possible and feel free to call me as well. All the best, have a great day, blah, 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 blah. That is how I respond. Now, if someone absolutely insists, like I don't do phone calls, I, you know, I like to do my business via email and, and text and so forth. Well, I can fully respect that somebody has that preference. I do not know how to create a three to five to $10,000 plus, plus, plus sale without having the phone as an option. Uh, I, and also what I foresee with that is so much time spent on email, so much potential misunderstanding. It's hard to become the trusted advisor in email. Um, especially one little thing to note, if you don't already know this, you can send all the information in the world and people don't read it all. And if they do, they don't take it all in. They don't remember it. For me, it's important 
both to build that relationship, to make friends with them, to help them understand how I'm going to work, why what I do is special, and to make sure that they understand details like the session fee and the minimum purchase that I collect upfront does not cover digital files. And you can put that in an email, but I've had lots and lots of people that I know have problems where someone is shocked that they're not getting everything for whatever session fee they paid for when, you know, clients that are, um, or friends that are selling uh, prints and wall art and albums and so forth. Okay. So I feel like I'm jumping around a little, but I'm not exactly, but I want to go originally. I wanted to talk about the telephone in general. So let's put a pause on that that journey of what I've already shared, which is to me, the importance of making that personal connection. And, you know, if you're going to do zoom instead of the phone, that's fine too. You know, it's just our new finally easy way to connect with people visually, as well as, you know, auditorial auditorily. Anywho. Okay. So you may not know that there used to be this thing called a telephone that was attached to a cord in the wall. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) And since I was young, the telephone has always been my friend because I love a good conversation. I, I love staying connected with my friends. Back when it was very expensive to call long distance, I had people that I still would call regularly and, you know, if it was out of my allowance or out of my minimum wage job, I still was happy to pay to have conversation. So I have always been a phone fan. Um, When I was young, the phones didn't stretch very far and you had to be right, right near the phone. And then they started designing longer and longer extension cords so I could go sit somewhere and be more comfortable. Um, And raise your hand if you remember that moment when you realized your phone cord was all twisted up and you can't figure it out because you haven't been doing circles spinning on your head or something. But (laughs) anyway, it's one of those analog experiences of the twisted phone call. And then when they invented cordless phones, that was the best. So anywho, I will admit though, that when it comes to making business phone calls, I can be just as anxious as the next person, especially if I don't make that call right away. Like if somebody emails me and then they send me their phone number. It's not hard for me to pick up the phone. I know what I'm going to say right then. But if I've done an event like um, a charity event where we do a buy it now program, where they, let's say, donate $100 and then get a $500 gift certificate, and I go home with a list of the people's names and their phone numbers, if I don't just get on the phone in the first couple of days, then it will haunt me. Like if you eat something bad and how it feels yucky, yucky, yucky in your stomach, 
I can get that feeling about a phone list. So it's not like, oh, that's great for you, Lucy. You're, you know, you love the phone. When it comes to business calls, it can be challenging. What I find helps is having a plan and knowing why you are proceeding with a, uh, I'll call it a script, but it's not really a word for word script, but why, and you are going to proceed through sort of a series of questions and conversations. And the why to me is to start that trusted advisor. I don't know, maybe should someone should give me a dollar for every time I say trusted advisor. That was 10 times. <laughs> anyway, so how I proceed through a phone call in order to get them excited, help them feel valued, and heard and start that relationship and ultimately get a consultation booked. I do not, unless it's someone out of town. And even then now with Zoom, I would jump on a Zoom call uh, consultation before I completely solidly booked a client. Um, But I think I didn't finish my sentence. So I do not book immediately on the phone. That's not my goal. I want to be pre-qualifying people by phone to see if we're a good fit. And it's not pre-qualifying like, do you live in the right neighborhood? Do you have enough money? Um, I let that be like a client can be an ideal client no matter where they live and how much income, if they love what I do and if they can find the money for it. Um, And so within a phone call, not only am I selling myself, I'm actually trying to find out, like I, I let them sell me on them. I won't work for just anybody, not because I think people are, you know, good people, bad people, but it's about whether I feel like we can have the kind of relationship. They can have the trust in me. Uh, they are going to love what I do and, and that they're like, that they will cooperate and lean into my leadership. So if someone is, is negotiating, is like pulling back, is questioning my pricing or how I do things, or again, saying, I don't talk on the phone, then I know that for me, that is not a client that I want to work with. They might be my best friend. Okay. So I'm going to jump into how I conduct a phone call. And as I promised, when it is, I talk about money and how that leads to, oh, I know where I was. What is my goal? My goal is to set them up for a great consultation where at that point they book me. So I, I'm helping them know the value of what I do. I'm helping them trust me. I'm helping them understand that I am, I'm going to help them every step of the way and that I'm competent. I'm skilled. I'm fun. I care about them, all that good stuff. And to me, that is best done on the telephone. Okay. So when I um, get on the phone with somebody, I have um, 
we're going to count, I can't remember if it's six or seven sort of chapters or steps. So chapter one, step one is just a little break the ice, little friendly conversation. Hey, how are you? You know, man, it's been cold yesterday or wow, did you, whatever, did you have a good Christmas? A little light, friendly banter. Humans, that is our first step. We don't want too much too soon. Then I start asking questions. And the purpose of step two is twofold. One, so they can feel like I care about them and they like me, basically. People who show an interest in other people are liked by by the other people. I'm not sure. I've said that 10 different ways. So I'll give you an example. I was at a photography convention once and I was in the back of the room at the expo having a burger. There were 10 tables and, you know, people would just grab their random burger from the, the exhibit hall and sit anywhere. The table was full, all photographers. We were chatting about photography or business or booths or different things. And then one woman started asking about me. Where did you grow up? Where do you live? Did you always want to be a photographer? Do you have kids? Can't remember what she asked me, but she showed a genuine interest and listened and asked follow-up questions. And she's the only person I remember at that table because she was was showing that she cared about me or wanted to know more about me. So, so step two with a phone call is that I start asking them questions in order for them to like me basically. (laughs) And then in order to fall more deeply in love and get more excited about having a photograph of whoever it is that I'm going to be photographing. So the questions I might start asking are, Uh, kind of light things first, you know, who is going to be in the picture? Okay, you have three kids, what are their names? What are their ages? And then I start asking more emotional questions. Uh, What is Charlie's personality like? And so your youngest, what, what do you love most about him? Just, you know, that's a whole, like, I don't have a list of things, but I start asking things that get them to kind of be like a little, like a little fly on the wall in their home, observing their world in a way that we don't usually do. All right. So that's number two. And (laughs) my goal with that is also to get them kind of in a, like, I know that I've really hit it. If, if I can hear that they tear up a little bit. So like, you could be asking me questions about um, my little great grand nephew and what it was like when I saw him for the first time and saw the joy on his mom's face, because I was the one that was there, um, cut the cord, supported her through her, her birth. And as you could be asking me questions about that experience, I'm going to get little tears in my eyes. And if you talk about what it's like to be four hours away from him and how he's growing up every day, getting bigger, and I'm missing out, you know, that is emotional. So that's a, anyway, I learned uh, to deepen my questions from my friend, Steve 
Zapparito. He's one of my guests from, it's maybe been a year. I don't know. Time goes so fast. Anywho, so step two, getting them to like me and love their life and their the subjects or even themselves if it's boudoir more. Okay, then step three is I talk about, so I'll say, you might ask why I'm wanting to know all of this. Um, and also in step two, I might be asking some questions about what does your family do for fun? Where's your happy place? What are the colors in your home? So, you know, it starts out light before I get into the deeper ones. Okay. So then you might ask why I'm asking you all these things. It's because everything I do is very personalized. I want to know more about you, your family, how you decorate favorite colors, all kinds of things. So that when I'm designing these portraits for you, they are going to not only be beautiful in your home as art, which little side note, I just planted a seed for purchasing wall art, but they are going to like really bring you back to this time in your life and be something that has captured some emotion how does this all sound is what I would say. And conversations a little more involved. I'll ask, you know, where they might love to display um, portraits. I learned that sentence from Steve, um, you know, plant those seeds, get them excited, get them feeling like, wow, this is something I really want. Now, have you noticed I haven't talked about money at all, even if they ask about it, I just launch into some questions. Or I might say, you know, I'll, I'll share a little more about the investment, but first I want to learn more about you and share more about how I work. Okay. So then I say, how does this all sound? And that's a time I get the reaction of like, whoa, this is way more involved than I thought, you know, it's not really quite what we want, or I might get, wow, that sounds great. Or I might get, that sounds great, but what is the cost? So whatever that is, then I do the classic Charles Lewis. You've heard me talk about him if you've listened many, 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 many years ago. I studied with him and I listened to his telephone tape <laughs> probably a thousand times in my little blue Volkswagen bug back when I was continuing to grow my business. Um, so his sentence is, most people invest a minimum of X to X. That might include something nice for your home and a few smaller ones to take to the office or to share as gifts. Does that fit within your budget? And word for word that every part of that sentence is important. Now, the something nice for your home and a few smaller ones, I usually, if I'm helping my coaching clients and we've done their um, price list where I know their price for profit, I'll take the lowest cost on an 11 by 14 and the cost of two five by sevens. And so let's say if that was 600, I might say most people invest a minimum of five to 700, uh, does that fit within your budget? And if somebody is like, sure, then I know, and especially for some reason that five to 700 
is often like a sweet spot because if someone will commit to that, I know I can get them to a two, three, four, five, ten thousand on up sale. If that is, if they're like, whoa, I wasn't planning on spending that much, there's that pre qualifying reaction. Um, I might ask, you know, well, what did you have in mind? Um, and, you know, there may be a little bit of a, I don't know, clarification, or it's an opportunity to say something about if, you know, what would it be worth to you if I created art that is your absolute favorite thing in your home? Um, you know, could you up your budget if what the results was, was something just so special for you? And um, yeah, anyway, getting a little tangled. It's when you're trying to talk about a phone call rather than doing a phone call, you know, it's easy to get tongue tied. Anywho, so let's say they say, sure, that's fine. So then I say, well, the next step is to set up a time on the calendar where we can get together. I can show you more of my work. I can learn more about you and your family. And then I can give you more pricing information. And at that point, if you want to go ahead and um, book it, then we'll, we'll plan it. Location, clothing, all my tips, all the things. Uh, do you want to get our calendars out and set that up? And so if they say, well, I'll think about it, then, you know, there's some handling objections and roadblock skills that you can develop. But if they say, well, I need to check my husband's schedule too. So let me get back to you. I always say, let's you know, if this is sounding good, let's set up a time on the calendar and then check with him. And if that doesn't work, then you can find some other good times and get back to me because you want to keep them on the hook as much as you can. Also, you want both people there at the consultation because the worst thing is that you do everything right. You get the session and you've got your deposits and she's super excited. And then she comes over by herself, orders a ton, goes home. And he says, absolutely not. Or if you haven't met with him at all, they both come over and then he's shocked at the potential investment. Um, and he hasn't had any input, so he's not invested. So phone call is that time when I establish the friendship that I care about them, that I'm an authority, I get them more engaged and more like heart connected with the subjects. I give them just that qualifying question of between this and this, does that fit in your budget? And then, and then we get them on the calendar. And then I say that I have some homework for them. And the homework is to look around their home and photograph any walls, plural, that might, the word might, be great places to display portraits as wall art or photographic art. Take a picture of that and also uh, photograph your decor. I like to see your style and your colors and so forth so that we can 
do some great planning if you decide to go ahead and uh, have the session. Seed planting, seed planting, seed planting. Sometimes I'll also say, you know, if there's some specific places, it'd be great if you go ahead and measure the full wall space, not just like something that's already up there, but, you know, full width, full height and bring those. That has been responsible. As many people know, I average three to seven or eight wall portraits per client. And a big reason for that is that I have them spend like thought time, visual time in their homes, thinking about where a portrait could be displayed. And a lot of times I think people will feel like once they think, oh, that would be a nice spot. Then that spot looks lonely and empty and they're more anxious to have the session and do the order and invest whatever you know they decide to invest to have that portrait on the wall. For example, I was on my couch. This was yesterday. And I noticed that right above my piano, I have a beautiful Victorian looking mirror. It's too tall for anyone to look at themselves in. And it probably would be nice to have it somewhere else now that I think about it. And that would be a great spot for either one wide, thin um, portrait or a series of threes. Like maybe I mentioned my, my little nephew, uh, you know, I could have his newborn, his nine month and his toddler portrait in that space. So now, now that I saw that yesterday, I'm kind of like, oh, I should really put something up there. And now it looks kind of lonely. So the big overall other thing for you to understand in all of this is when you position yourself as a designer, as an art designer, or an interior decorator creating focal points for people in their homes, in different rooms, that ups everything. And there are people who might have been thinking three, $400, that once they hear what you can do for them, it, their want and desire and willingness to invest expands exponentially. So that's the value of knowing how to have great phone conversations and why. Because now the people who could potentially invest really well, they're excited and they feel cared about and they know that I'm a professional that I plan this carefully. This isn't a, you know, throw on some jeans and white shirts and let's go under a tree somewhere or run around the park. That This is something very personalized and anything custom where there's a great deal of care is always more valuable, right? I just remembered a little scenario that I've painted for some of my clients when I've heard what they do on the phone. And very often people just start saying too much too soon and trying to get the booking and just being sort of like, um, I don't know, they're just rattling off. Here's how I work. Here's what I do. The prices are this. I do this. Blah, 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 blah. Do you want to book me? Hope you followed along with that. <laughs> and it's the picture I have is like, let's say you're at a singles bar or event. 
and someone sits next to you that's attractive and just starts talking and doesn't ask anything about you and then ask you for a kiss. Like, hey, how are you? I'm single. My name's so-and-so. I have this fancy house. I have a big car and um, I like bowling and blah, blah, blah. And uh, can I kiss you? It's too much too soon. So dating advice. And also if you can, I think the word is allegory. If you can follow along with this allegory, someone comes up, sits down. Hi, how are you? My gosh, I love that color on you or whatever is appropriate for someone. My, you know, I don't know now if that's PC to compliment somebody of the opposite sex on their clothes, but anyway, you know, um, and not something like, Oh, I love your smile because that's a little too much right away, but some small talk and then asking you questions. So, you know, where'd you grow up? Um, what do you do for fun? Uh, are your parents still around? Um, oh, you have this job. How interesting. So tell me more about this. So engaging in great conversation back and forth. And then you don't say, can I have a kiss? You say what I would um, want from somebody trying to get a kiss eventually from me is, you know, I've really loved this conversation. I'd like to continue it. Um, could I take you to coffee or meet you for uh, a drink? sometime this week. And so then you say yes, and you do that. And then you ask for a date if it all goes well. And then on the date, there's going to be that appropriate time if everything goes well, and maybe you get a kiss. Anyway, so <laughs> what I also then promised I'd talk about is the money talk. And so if you followed along and listened for that, what you've heard is that I don't send a price list right away. I don't give all kinds of money details on the phone. And at the consultation, before I pull out the packet that includes the price list, I get them more excited and I ask more questions and I grow their connection to um, the value of this portrait. And I show albums and I talk about wall art in different sizes, and then I pull out the price list. So every step of the way, I'm including value. Now, some people say, if I don't know the price up front, I'm not going to buy. And I often will invest way more and be happy about it with a luxury product if I know the value and why I want it before I know the price. I recently purchased a really nice bed and I spent more than double what I initially thought I might, maybe even more, maybe triple if I think about it. But by the time I learned the pricing, I also knew why it would be like heaven <laughs> to um, sleep in this bed. And now I do want to know the price of a blouse. I do want to know the price, I don't know, of a burger or something. But when you're talking about something that's a creative project that you're doing together, getting people, again, I haven't mentioned this, but we want to stay as much as we can in emotional conversation to, to stay in, what would it be, the right brain rather than getting into thinking and details and left brain. 
So there you have that. Now, last thing, big question. Do I put pricing on my website? So my strategy is to have a website that gets them hungry, but doesn't feed them. I've never said it like that, but I like it. So hungry, like I like her. I love the work. This is interesting. I can see myself enjoying this. I want to learn more. And if they learn about everything you do and how you do it and the detailed pricing or even even a starting ad or most people invest this to this. For many people, then that satisfies the hunger. Oh, okay, I've got enough details. But if there's a little something that they're wanting to know, in my opinion, the psychology of sales is that then they will contact me to find out more. Now, that being said, there are times when I would recommend people do put something about pricing. So number one, if whatever you're doing in your marketing is attracting a ton of clients and a high percentage are not at all people that would want what you do and invest well, then I recommend putting something about pricing so that those people don't waste your time. But if there's only like a couple a week, then I say no. I don't want price shoppers, but I also don't want to lose potential great clients because either what I've put pricing wise seems high to them, or in some cases, I've looked at photographers' websites that I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. You know, if I lived in that area, I'd love to hire them. And then I look at their prices and they're so low that then I instantly would not hire them because it tells me something is missing in terms of their follow-through, their professionalism, how they value themselves, something. Now, being in the industry, I know more about that a lot of people undervalue themselves and their photography and service is excellent. But as a regular consumer, if something is, is very low, to me, it's suspicious. So I don't want great clients to be either put off because I put too much on there that they are not ready to commit to until we've gone through this journey that I just explained, or too little that makes them wonder why someone who's doing this great work is only charging that. So, so yes, put prices on it if you're getting, you know, dozens of inquiries and let's say one, one in 10 is a good lead or somebody that, that books you. Another reason to put pricing on might be because you are very low priced and that is how you're keeping your calendar booked is that you want those price shoppers. You're fine being low priced. You're going to have volume as the way that you make a living or, you know, you're doing this, um, kind of for fun or as a side thing or to get experience, then sure, you know, putting pricing on uh, can, can serve you. Um, my clients, generally, I want people who are not as price conscious as they are quality service relationship conscious. Basically, I know that 
now there are a lot of people who consider themselves and well, I'll validate who are phone phobic and have a lot of anxiety. What I found with my coaching clients is once you start doing it, and when you have a plan, you have these steps written down and you've practiced it and you are growing and learning, then it is a little less scary. Depending on your goals, if you are wanting to have a highly successful, highly profitable business, the telephone can be an incredible tool to do that. And not just for that initial phone call, but training people to call you or pick up the phone when you call, if they've got something they want to know, you can get in such long dialogues on emails or messages that so much easier, just pick up the phone, just talk about it. So I want to encourage anyone who has not um, been comfortable on the phone or haven't thought about it to consider how, how the phone can be your new best friend. <laughs> and if you would like a, what is it? A handout on this, just send me an email, Lucy with an I at Lucy dumas.com and ask for the phone script. If you want to see all things Lucy Dumas coaching, just go to Lucy Dumas coaching, always Lucy with an I, and you'll see a couple of free gifts and another place to send me a quick email. So that's it for now. It's always hard for me to close because I love having conversation. Even if I'm the one doing the talking, <laughs> I'm picturing you listening and having hopefully some big ahas and feel free to ask me questions in my private group called the profitable photographer or the, the page, the profitable photographer page with Lucy Dumas. That's it. Sending you all a big, healthy, virtual hug and wish for a wonderful next bunch of weeks. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to the highly profitable photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.